Welcome to the Weight Loss Podcast, where we offer solutions to the obstacles you face when it comes to achieving your health and fitness goals. As a married couple who's lost a combined weight of 100 kilograms and 11 clothes sizes, our raw, real, and relatable stories will show you the path you must walk to achieve, and more importantly, maintain the results you know you can reach, because we know it works. So get ready to share the success and show the results with your hosts, Matt and Courtney. Hello and welcome to season three of the Weight Loss Podcast. My name is Courtney and opposite me as always is my co-host and husband, Matt. I am so excited. Back in the saddle, baby. We are back. Back where we we should be, sitting on our asses, yelling at each other. (laughs) It's very exciting. We have missed this. We have missed... You. Recording, yes, we've missed you listening to us. We've missed the sound of our voices. It's amazing. So we're very excited to be back. We've missed just yelling at the wall, <laughs> hoping that we listen to each other. To bring you a brand new season. Yes. So this season is going to be based around self-sabotage, yep. mistakes that happen, that we've seen happen very, very commonly, and we're going to be addressing them and actually giving tips the whole season on identifying these things, but then also how to come back from them, how to work with some of them. Some of them you can't even get rid of altogether. So it's how do you work with these sort of things. Um, That's deep, man. That is deep. But yes, it's not going to be just a case of Courtney and Matt dickheads just sitting there yelling into their microphones about all the ways you fuck it up. We are going to do that, but we're also going to back it up with his actionable tasks that you can take and here's things that we've done ourselves and here's things that we've helped our clients do to, you know, move forward with this because self-sabotage is, it's a big topic. Yes. A topic obviously big enough to dedicate an entire season to because you can, as you will discover listening to this over the next couple of months, you can break this down into so many different areas, which is what we're going to do. And with this particular episode, we're going to kick off with a discussion about the language you use. So the title of the episode is What You Say Versus What You Mean. Yes. And very often you'll find that you will say things to others or to yourself, but it comes with meaning you may not be consciously aware is there. Yes. Yes, definitely. And I think that this is very... It's one of those things that's so common and it's so, it really, you won't even realize how often you say some of these things Mm -hmm. until right now, maybe when they're pointed out and you start looking back and you start saying, huh, I do say that a lot. And you mean like this? Oh, a hundred percent. Like that was pointed out to me that I say that a lot. So (laughs) Matt has it now on repeat, which is awesome. Um, (laughs) But yes, a lot of these things you will say a lot. So basically, Matt, getting stuck in the language that we use, we're not talking... Just before you do, before we start getting into the, the meat of it here, I will also say you may not realise what you're saying, but if you're saying it to people who know this stuff very, very well, like, I don't know... You. Us. <laughs> When you hear this enough from people, this is where you can start to talk about this thing with experience. Yeah. 
you start to read between the lines oh, of yeah, for sure. And, and a lot of the time is because we've said it in the past. Oh, hundred so percent. We know what it actually often means. So yep. when we're talking about what you say versus what you mean, a lot of these things comes down to a lot. A lot of people think, well, the language you use is just language, but it's not just language. Mm. It's not just saying something, and. We're not going as far as saying, oh, well, if you say it, you know, you're going to manifest it to be real. We're not going to that extreme end either. What we're saying is that language is really important because language comes before action. Yes, that is. Oh, 100%. Yes. Correct. It also, it will define what you do or don't do. Yeah. And it it comes with the indication of where you currently are at Yes. with things. So a, a phrase I have, and I firmly believe this, comes down to questions. Mm. The questions people ask you tell you what's going through their head. Yeah. And it's the same thing with the language here, as we're going to get into now, is what people are saying what they say can often what you say can often be a, a surface level statement. But below the surface, if you know what you're looking for and you know what you're listening to and what you're hearing, it means something maybe a little bit deeper. Yeah. And then that is what dictates the next actions that you're going to take. Or the next inactions. And so often the language that we use can then really be the mindset that we're in. And then obviously that is going to dictate what we're going to do in terms of action, inaction, as you say, Matt. Yep. So from a from a self sabotage standpoint we're really gonna gonna get stuck into the things that people say yes. the things that we have said ourselves in, in our lives and the things that we've heard other people say that honestly are could be a combination of excuses mm. or Actually, no, you know what? I'm pretty comfortable with that, excuses. Well, they're excuses, but sometimes people genuinely think they're just general statements mm. or they're just it's, it's, they're throwaway lines that they don't even think about what they're saying. You know what? That's a very good point. It's not just excuses. It can be what you think is a throwaway line that's actually giving away yeah. why you are stuck where you are stuck. Correct, yeah. Shall we? Well, I think, yeah, I think we've, we've put together a list of sort of ones that you sort of either throwaway lines or these excuses that we've heard a lot. Well, the term the term that Courtney used when we were planning this out is radioactive. They're radioactive statements or lines that that really are triggers for us red now. Red flags. They're red flags. They're red flags. Yeah. But as as we're very I I guess in tune to the fact that a lot of people say these things not on purpose. It's not like they're trying to be dismissive of a process or they're not trying to be um what's the word i'm looking for oh well, i'm not going to say it's always de- deliberate of, yeah some of it can be some of it can but be not, not all of it is but that also goes down to the reason why we've we've made up this topic to talk about is because when we do this for a living and i've done this for a living for a long time and we have the experience and we can't expect you listening quite yet to see things as we do. Mm. But maybe after this, you might have some fresh perspective. So I'm going to start. And so we're going to do this in terms of, 
obviously the episode title, What You Say Versus What You Mean. Yeah. And that's how we're going to lay these points out. So I'm going to start with the one that shits me off the most and triggers me the most. And it's all going to pretty much go downhill from there. Okay. So when you say, oh, I'm just not motivated or I wish I could do that. I'm just not as motivated as you are. Fuck, I hate that. You know why I hate that? Because here's what it means. I haven't got a reason to change. Yeah. That is the red flag for Courtney and I. When someone says they struggle with motivation, your goal isn't strong enough. It's as simple as that. Yeah. When your goal is strong enough and you found your why, take it from us, you do not need motivation. Mm. You will do. Yeah. Won't be easy. I'm not going to say it's easy because it fucking ain't. But you will take action because you have a reason and a purpose that is driving the action you are taking. Yeah. And it's not saying that that's then always easy because we definitely can say from personal experience it's not. I've just said that. Like the, the process isn't easy, but the thing is the process is impossible if you don't have a reason to walk down the path. Correct. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, ultimately, yes, you might think that I'm not feeling it today, that sort of thing. That's normal. It's always normal, but you you wouldn't sit there and say it. You'd just can I suck it up and do it. Can I share a little anecdote, a personal anecdote about this? Because mm. you what, what you what Courtney just mentioned. Then I was on the way to the gym yesterday morning. So full transparency, the the leg day that I do on Fridays currently is really, really, really fucking hard. Yeah. It detonates me. You've been there. Courtney's been there when I've done it. I am just a sweaty, stinky mess because every exercise is hard as hell. Mm-hmm. It makes me have to use all or most of my body and it's just, mate, it just kicks my ass to the point where I actually dread Let going go. to do it. Yep. Right? Yesterday, I was going down to the, to the gym to do this session. I actually turned the car around to come back home. Wow. Now, as someone who coaches this, has done this for many years, I, that still happens because you know what? I wasn't feeling it Yep. because I know what I'm going to walk into. I know the pain. I know the discomfort. I know the challenge that's there for me and you can't hide from it. When no. you want to, when you get, when you're pushing yourself with your training sessions, you can't hide. I still turned the car around yesterday to come back home. I guess then it's just like, oh, hang on, dickhead, what are you doing? Just go and suck it up, mate. I went down, and I did it. Mm-hmm. But even now, all these years later, like I'm sure you listening can relate to this in some way, whether you've turned the car around or you've sat in the car park, just thinking, oh. I've got to go and do this. That happens to me often. I'll, I'll pull up to the gym and I'll sit in my car. Killing time, just, basically. Just thinking about going in. <laughs> and I had it yesterday because, you know what, I wasn't feeling it. Yeah. But I still did it because I have a reason to do it. Yeah. That's the whole point there. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, that that often that mindset also comes down to the fact where you wouldn't have gone to, hey, I'm not motivated, I'm going to wait for motivation. Ugh. It's hey, I'm not feeling it. 
but I know if I don't do it right now, I'm still going to have to do it later. Exactly. So that's where the mindset differs as well in yeah. terms of that. Yep. So the next one that we came up with, well, well, you didn't come up with it. The next one that we remember <laughs> being being said to us is, I don't have the time. Mm. I don't have the time is a big one. I definitely remember using this myself back in the day before I met you, Matt, and before I really got serious about my health and fitness. I definitely used to use the the, the excuse or the mindset of, I don't have the time. Mm. And I think that it's really easy. This is another one that's really easy to get in the habit of, of unconsciously saying and it really affecting, again, It's this is like a prime one. It affects your actions. It, it's it, a throwaway line to a lot of people, but it's going to affect your actions. What does it mean to you then? It means that you haven't made the choice to make it a priority. So it really feeds into exactly what you were, your example you just gave with motivation, Matt that you turned around and said, what am I doing? I'm going to go back and do it now because you, you realise that you're going to have to do it anyway. Yep. So you're prioritising the fact that just get it done now. I don't want to do it. I'm not feeling it. But now is the time that's allocated to it and now I'm going to do it. But I think that that's just one example. A lot of people will use it more broadly as well in terms of I don't have the time to start. Oh, I'm not ready to start because I don't have the time to allocate to it. So I'm going to wait till I've got the time to even start. <laughs> um, so it's the same sort of thing that mm. you're not prioritizing. You're not ready to prioritize this. Well, the question, the question then comes back straight away is, well, the problems that you have and the way that your weight or your looks or your health or your function affects you, do those things affect you enough to make this important enough to chunk out the time? Because here's the deal. When you're an adult, you are busy. Like the end. I think whether all... What's sorry, that? go. Whether you've got kids, whether you don't have kids, being an adult, unless you're living in a cave, means you are busy. I don't give a fuck who you are. It's also that, plus, this isn't a diet. What you're going to be doing is not a diet. It's mm. a lifestyle change. So you're always going to be busy mixed with you're always going to have to be incorporating this style of, of living into your life. Well, unless you plan on getting, getting a great result, then going back to normal. Exactly. So <laughs> the, the idea of I don't have the time just doesn't make any sense at all if you really stopped and thought about it because you you if you're wanting to make a good change in your life, you're going to make it for the rest of your life and you are always, as you say, Matt, going to be busy. Something else to consider as well, if you were to think long-term, so think 12 months from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, if you don't have the time to take action now, what are you going to have to make the time for later as you get older and as you deteriorate? Mm. And because that does, it's, it's, hey, it's part of the aging process is, you know what? Shit's going to start going downhill eventually. Yep. And the less you look after yourself, the sharper the decline. Yeah. So there's, there's this 
meme that gets around the internet that I actually love, which is you may not something along the lines of you may not have the time for your health now, but you will need to have the time for your ill health later. So we'll move on to the next one, which is another one that really, really, really triggers the shit out of me. I will try. I'll try my best. I'm trying. I fucking hate that phrase. Yeah, and I think, again, like I'm going to say this about all of them. Yep. That is such an unconscious thing to say. And I think we all say it. Maybe you're not you because it triggers you so much. I have, but I have personally banned it. <laughs> I from, know. From I definitely my, from, say it because you point it out to me every time I say it. I've banned it from my vocabulary because, to me, I interpret this as I'm not going to give it my best, but I'm going to give myself a way out if I either don't take action or don't put 100% oh, 100% into it. I think a lot of these that have that a bit of a connotation to it is because often when it comes to weight loss and health and fitness we've often tried a lot of stuff. We've tried the the small fad diets, we've tried the challenges, we've tried the 28-day cleanses, we've tried the shit. So I think a lot of this sort of language, it does creep into our vocabulary. (laughs) Easy for you to say. (laughs) Vocabulary. Because we are used to trying to give ourselves a way out. Because we've tried so many things... And because it tends to get emotionally draining when you're constantly trying things and it's failing, it it gets embarrassing when other people know you've tried things and failed. That's a good point. Do you think it's used as a way to soften the landing? Yes, because I think we get in tune to the fact that everything we try is going to fail. That because we've tried so many things, we just are, our assumption becomes this is probably going to fail again. And again, it, it, some of it comes, I think, from embarrassment. That's how I used to feel a lot of it because yep. people knew I was trying certain things and I'd get a good result and then I'd go backwards and it's embarrassing. Other times it's just emotionally draining. You get your hopes up and then, and then it feels like you, you know, they're being dashed again. And it's this constant high, low, high, low emotional drain that then – I think subconsciously, and because this is what happened to me, you start to use language that gives yourself an out because Mm. it's that easy way. You never want to commit 100% because it's too easy to be disheartened, to be heartbroken, to be embarrassed. Yeah, the funny thing is, though, this comes with perspective. If you do give... Oh, 100%. And legitimately give your best, which, by the way, does improve over time... And you don't quit, you cannot fail. No, that it's so easy to not have that perspective. And I think that that's where these default reactions come from, like, I'll try. That's also where people like us come into it. And it's also one of the reasons why we are so adamant about, and this is a bit of a giveaway for what's coming up, about the whole, oh, well, I'll just do it by myself. Like, no, mate, 
you won't because yeah. you can't see the big picture on this. You can't be expected to. And you haven't got the perspective that others around you, let alone people who know what the fuck they're doing, have. So to me, I, I'm trying or I will try or I hope to in the context of taking action to me is a gigantic red flag. Yeah. Because it is so often followed by not a great deal of action. No. And I think it, it always I think it's always gonna impact your action that you, you you give because in the back of your mind you still think that the chances are high that you're gonna fail. Yep. And so that is always gonna affect your output mm. because that's always gonna hinder what you decide to do and how how much you jump into it and how much time you allocate to it and how much energy you allocate to it. I would just like to say the official stance of the weight loss podcast is less trying, more doing. I'm yes. pretty sure we've got that on a hoodie. <laughs> if you were to visit our online shop. Well, that is one of your favorite sayings, Matt. Less trying, more doing. Yes, it is. Uh, theweightlosspodcast.com forward slash shop. Got a couple of cool hoodies there. It actually have that statement. It actually on there. does because it is one of Matt's favorite sayings, and it and it does make sense because of the result of the action. So it's not about you can never use the word try. It's not about that. It's about the implications on the action that uh, you're going to take. The, the context that it comes with yes is as we've got written down here radioactive yes. More often than not. Yes. And again, it just comes down to that fear that you're going to have, that you're just going to have to continually fight through because that fear won't go away. You're going to have to fight through it. Yep. All right. Hit, hit us with the next one. The, the next one. Next one was your controversial pick, <laughs> as in, in your own words, which is, I can't afford it. <sighs> this one shoots me to tears because of how often I've read or heard someone say, oh, well, I can't afford to get help. I can't afford a gym membership. I can't afford to eat healthy. That's all well and good, mate. Can you afford to get worse? Yeah. 20 years from now, even 10 years from now, five years from now, can you afford the medical bills as your health goes off a cliff? I don't think this one, even these days, can even stack up because like, you can make so many gains not even having a gym membership. In this day and age of technology... And being able to research body weight workouts and to do home style workouts and this sort of stuff, the idea of I can't afford a gym membership. Well, even then, when you think about it, like given the competitive nature of the gym market, even getting a quality 24-hour gym membership. $10 a week. Yeah. That's two, two now, bought coffees. I, I, yes, and like half a pack of smokes. Yeah, I would argue, personally, I should also say, when I do hear this and when we hear this, I can't afford to get help, I can't afford a gym membership, I can't afford X, Y, Z. To us, that says the problem isn't big enough yet for me to find a way to invest in myself yeah. and invest in this. Yeah. Honestly, I'm really blunt with this. If someone comes to me and says, I'm desperate to lose X amount of weight, I hate the way I look, I hate the way I feel, I, 
I don't want to live like this anymore, dot, 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 but I can't afford to get a gym membership. How unhappy are you really? Yeah. And to be honest, if you're an adult and you're at the stage where you literally can't make the finances work to have a gym membership, you have problems in your life greater than your weight. Yes. I think I think it just comes down to the simple want versus need. And when you want something bad enough, like anything, you'll make it happen. Well, I'll, I'll also ask the question, deep down, do you think you are worth the investment? Yeah. Because if you don't, well, I suppose you can't afford it, can you? Well, no, because you're going to allocate those funds to other things. So it's the same thing. If you want to go out on the weekend, you're going to find some money to make that happen. I can't afford to eat healthy but I can afford to binge drink Friday, Saturday and Sunday. I can afford my cigarettes every week or I can afford to go on that holiday that I wanted to go on or that girl's trip away. If you want to make that happen, if you want, if your your girlfriend say, hey, we're planning this awesome trip, it's going to cost this X amount, we've got to have it by this date. If you want to do that trip with your girlfriends bad it. enough, you will make it happen. Yep. And that's the same thing when it comes to your health. And I think a lot of people just don't see it as the same thing. I also don't think enough people truly own it for what it is, which is you don't think you're worth it yet or you don't think your problems are big enough yeah. to be worth the investment. Because usually with I can't afford it, Somewhere in the same neighborhood is I am too busy. Yeah. Or I haven't got the time. That's fine. Just don't tell us how much you want to change because that is fucking horseshit. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Anything else you want to add to that one or move to the next one? Moving on to the next one is I wish I could do what you've done. Right. (laughs) Right. This is in the same this is the same thing as when someone like you go on you go onto onto Instagram or Facebook or whatever your platform of choice is, someone posts a, a fantastic before and after of themselves or in our case a client or something like that. Someone's gonna fucking chime in with some bullshit like this. Yeah. I wish I could do what you you've done. I'm just not disciplined. I just don't have the willpower. I'm just not as motivated which is just as bad as when they say, oh, you're such an inspiration, dot, 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 I'm not doing anything about myself. Yeah. To us, what this means is along the lines of, I would like to achieve what you've done. I just don't want to put in the work. Or I wish someone would come over and do it for me. Yeah. I have unfortunate news. That's unlikely to happen. Ever. Yes. Here's the thing, right? The reason the reason this uh, gets up my nose so much is because it is a self-limiting belief. Mm. You're immediately putting a wall up. I wish I could do what you've done. I just don't have A, B, and C. Actually, you anyone can do like what, what Courtney and I have achieved. You listening can do that. I'm sure. Like anyone there's people out there who have done it better than us. So, yeah, this is not... Any, anyone can do this if they have a reason to and they have the focus to stick with it. Yes. Anyone... Look, this, this is the thing. 
that I think is easily overlooked. When you look at where you might look at someone who's had a fantastic transformation and you kind of undersell where they've started from. Like anyone that started from a comparable position to where you're at is probably going through the same things you're going through mm. in terms of the self-doubt, the negative language, this stuff that we're talking about here, the fears, the anxieties. I used to be, I used to be terrified of gyms. I used to be terrified of doing anything that looked like exercise outside where I was visible because people would look at me. Mm. That stuff used to scare the shit out of me. Yeah. Yep. Everyone has to start somewhere. So to me, this what what we've achieved, what others that we work with either have achieved or are achieving, anyone can do this. Mm. I just don't jive with the idea of people talking themselves out of it. No. And again, I think it comes from a default of I'd probably fail at that, so I'm just going to talk myself down before I've started. Yeah, true that. It, it, it is a bit of a sign of a lack of self-belief. Yeah. Which, you know what, though? To be fair, that is normal. Yes. That is beyond normal because we've all had that. I don't think there's a single person that's achieved anything worth a damn in this context didn't start or struggle somewhere along the way with self-belief. We like I've had that stacks of times. Courtney has, everyone has. I think that that's something to factor into basically all of these and everything that we're going to talk about this season Mm. because self-sabotage really ultimately is just a lack of self-belief. That's deep. And I think that that is something to be kept in mind this this in with all of these things we're pointing out, you know, like I don't have the time. Well, that's a lack of self-belief because you're not believing that you can fit something like this into your into your life. So That is fair. That is reasonable. I think it's definitely something to keep in mind throughout all of these. The next one, I'm too old, translates to I'm using my age as a reason to not do a thing. Yes. Here's the easy answer to that. You're not too old. We've seen this with people we've worked with. You're never too old. 50s, 60s plus. There is... Actual science out there that shows you can build muscle tissue in your 90s. Yeah. That's 90,S. We've got at our, at our gym that we go to, they actually run a oh, those older exercise but stronger group classes. Yeah. called Older But Stronger. And there's eight people of all ages in there. I've been in my physiotherapy clinic before and speaking to them and there's somebody in there doing some exercises with the physiotherapist and they told me she's 90. I can't tell you how much I love stuff like that and how much I respect people that don't use their age as a shield Mm. or as a wall or a reason to not take action because me personally, it's it's one of the things that drives me to do what I do is it is also in part an insurance policy to ensure I don't become a decrepit old bag Yes. As I age. So when I hear stories like what Courtney just said, and when I see these uh, these elderly people at the gym that Courtney and I go to doing their, doing their weights classes together, I fucking love it. Mm. I can't love it enough because you know what? Those people through their attitude alone are what I would call one percenters. Yeah. And I cannot respect that enough. Mm-hmm. I love that. Pretty short one, but that's, yeah. that's that. Next. It is what it is. 
Um, next is, it's not my fault I'm overweight. It's X, Y, Z. Yep, it's the medication. Yep. It's the stress. It's the kids. It's, it's my husband. Yeah, my It's Courtney's fault. It's, it's, it's my it's, genetics. Mate. Mate, that is <laughs> that is the worst. Remember the old, oh, I'm big boned. Big boned. Piss off, mate. It's in my genes. Translates to, I'm not yet willing to take responsibility for the choices I've made that have got me to where I am. Yeah. That is not taking ownership. Ownership is hard. Ownership is a hard thing for people. Can I just say one thing though? Hard but necessary. Yeah, absolutely. You do need to take ownership because the sooner you can start taking ownership, the easier it's going to be on yourself because you're going to make mistakes along the way and you're going to have to own them. So you may as well start with ownership from the beginning because you're going to need to learn it eventually. Here's the deal. So my starting point, as we've discussed during the course of this podcast for a couple of years now, I was supremely obese. I contracted, I guess you could say, type 2 diabetes. My health was in the toilet. All of that was my fault. Yes. Type 2 diabetes is a lifestyle disease. disease. What I'm getting at, though, is the situation you find yourself in that you are unhappy with is your fault. Yes. You did this to yourself. And you know what? That's cool. We've all... You're listening to this podcast... You've been there, I've been there, Courtney's been there, fucking everyone's been there. Just accept it because I personally believe the sooner you are willing to accept that you got yourself to where you are, the sooner you can put it behind you and then take the ownership to move forward. Yeah. Yep. Yeah? Absolutely. Would you say? Oh, 100%. 100%. I would. It's getting a good work out that button today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the next one, Matt. You're hoping it breaks? I am hoping it breaks. That news. Okay, the next one. Oh, look, I'm really interested in doing this program. Can I try it out for a couple of weeks or a couple of months just to see how I go? Yes. No, you fucking can't. Translates to, oh, I don't really want to commit. I want to try. Again, And if it doesn't work out, I'll give myself a bit of an exit plan out the back door here. Yeah. And again, translates to a lot of the other ones, which is we're just so afraid we're going to fail. Here's we're going to stuff it. Here's the thing when it comes to commitment in terms of committing to yourself and committing to an outcome that you want to achieve or committing to moving away from problems that have been holding you back for a number of years, you can't be half pregnant. No. <laughs> Put that one on a T-shirt. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Just... <laughs> no, I was joking. I was joking. No, that's, that's fair. You can't be half pregnant, but, that, but it's also the truth. Yes. Now, this is one thing. This is from a, a coaching perspective now with Courtney and I. We refuse to work with anyone or accept anyone to work with us for less than 12 months. Yeah. Why is this? Is it because we're greedy shits? No. It is our responsibility to put people in a position to succeed. Yes. And obviously not enough of this happens 
in our line of work, given how many dickheads are out there that are happy to take your money for the next seven fucking day detox. 28 days. Or the next eight week challenge at the gym. This stuff's everywhere. Unfortunately, in the real world, it doesn't quite work that way. As we've discovered personally and with more than enough people with experience. A lot of those bad diet sort of short-term solutions as well, they'll come with a short-term solution and now what they'll say on the end of it, because people are getting attuned to this, they'll say... Are they really though? Oh, it's a kickstart for you. Well, that's fine as well, but a kickstart to what? So they don't tell you the plan afterwards. What is the plan afterwards? Or they'll call it a maintenance plan. What are you maintaining? What you've just tried to do in eight weeks? Mm. So, no. This whole idea of trying to do something in a very short period of time or or seeing how it goes. I just want to see how it fits into my lifestyle. That's the point. It's not going to. You have to change your lifestyle if you want long-term change. People people are very good at trying things. Yes. And very shit at sticking to things. That is one of the reasons why we have our our 12-month sign-up minimum because we know... Whether people want to accept it or not, they don't have to. Doesn't fucking doesn't bother us. We just know it for a fact. You need time. Yes. And you need to accept the fact that any sort of change is going to come with sacrifice. It's it's just period. People are so afraid of that word, but you know what? Suck it up. You're also giving away one of our episodes in this season, but yes, I agree completely. Suck it up. Princess. It is that it is just going to have to happen. Anyway. Next one. It's okay. I can do this on my own. Really? This one, every time I hear this or read this, is like, <laughs> okay, show me. Because that translates to Courtney and I as, well, look, I've actually never had any long-term success with this. But I'm hoping I can keep doing the same thing and get a different result. That's a nice dream world you're living in. Yeah. Here's the deal. No one can do this by themselves. No. No one. We didn't. We didn't. Have we seen people succeed on their own long term with this? I actually can't name a single person. We need support. Yeah. Now, for the sake of context, I'm not talking about, oh, you have to go and sign up with a coach or a trainer. This is purely a, that does help. Make no mistake about it. It's a faster track to, a faster way to get to the uh, to the end result. result. I'm talking in regards specifically to support. Yeah. Because it is so easy to get inside your own head and the moment something goes wrong or you hear some conflicting information or fucking Mary on Facebook says some load of shit that you buy into and it just starts to undermine what you're doing. You start to second guess yourself. You need to have support around you. Ideally, people around you that can say, actually, you know what? You're doing really good at this. Your habits are strong. These are working for you. Keep doing what you are doing. Yes. Even just the reassurance. Yeah. Yeah from people who know what the fuck they're talking about can be enough to be like, okay, I'm going to stay on this track. And you know as well as as me, Matt, 
the brain only remembers so much of what you do and it's conveniently going to remember the good things. Yes. So, and and, and it's true. Yeah, this it is. is actually like scientific it's fact. It's science, man. Your brain will remember the good things you do because it can only remember so much of what you do in a day and it's going to pick the good things. So... Well, it's also a protection mechanism. It is a protection mechanism. It's a default, basically. It's a default switch that goes off Mm. in your brain. So the things that you eat that aren't necessarily the best or um, the snacking, unconscious snacking that you do, things like that, the meltdowns, they all aren't going to be always visual to you all the time. So that's where having that support system to be able to pull you back sometimes as well and say, hey, hang in a second – you said that last week, or you said you were going to do this and you didn't. We all, we all need that. There speaks to accountability, yeah, doesn't it? And having having people around us to honestly call us out on our shit, because you can't always be expected to call yourself out. Yes, you can get better at that. Yeah, you can get absolutely. a lot better at that, but you still do better with people who have a dispassionate view of where you're at, who can see the bigger picture that you not you can't necessarily see because you're in it yeah too close so to me this is a two-pronged uh thing in terms of oh i can do it on my own well you can't get a good support network and if the problem is big enough get guidance and coaching because i know guidance and coaching can i just say that he's going to teach you not just show you or tell you teach you yeah, there's a difference between between education versus just telling someone what to do, uh, and that's like, that's, a, that's a podcast on its own. So we'll go on to the next one, which I'll take. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's okay. I'll just start again next week or next month or next year. Translates to, I'm not thinking about this long term, and I'm kind of treating this like it's a diet. Well, or a quick fix. Kind of, you are, yeah. I mean, you kind are. Kind of, you definitely are. You definitely are. <laughs> because you basically, and, and again, I think that this is also, it's an unconscious default to not wanting to take ownership of the fact that you've done something wrong. So rather than just take ownership of that, stay where you are and just learn from it and move forward, yeah. it's, it's like a child throwing all the toys out of the cot. Oh, it, I've stuffed it. I did one thing, one bad day. It's all stuff. That's all fucked. That's it. That's all fucked. I'm going to restart on Monday. Do you know what that is as well, though? That is the all or nothing mentality. Correct. That we put an episode to very, very early on, like what, our first five episodes, I think we spoke about that. And again, unless you, another one, unless you take ownership of these mistakes, you're going to be restarting next month, next week, next year for the rest of your life because you're always going to make mistakes. Put it this way. If you are listening to us yell about all this stuff right now there's pretty much a guarantee you've used this language on yourself before we have it is self-destructive yes because you are starting over all the time i used to do this elaborate you know i'll start on monday and i used to think that it was like you know i I was i was certain that i was doing the right thing i'm giving myself a starting point you know it's all good and Again, you have that honeymoon period. There's always a honeymoon period where everything seems easy and fun. Fun. And then Motivating. it gets hard. You make a mistake. The weekend comes. Sometimes only lasts till Friday. 
the weekend comes. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Whew. And then that's it. You go yeah. out, you do something, Bender. you eat too much. Bender. And yep. rather than having the mindset of that's okay, there's a perception where it's not okay. You, it can't be done. That's it. You need, now, now the whole thing's that whole week's ruined. You're going to have to start again. Well, to be fair though, depending on the severity of what you do on those two or three days off, you actually can ruin the whole week. Yes, but not not to the point where you then have to have the mentality of I need to start again. Well, put it this way: if you if if that is commonly happening, where you have four good days followed by three completely off the rails days, that speaks to a habitual correct problem yes. there, and probably a rule of proximity as well. Where where I look at this in, in, with this particular topic and this particular phrase is if you think one mistake sinks the ship. Yeah. Of course it fucking doesn't. And secondly, the next action you take can help you move on anyway. I think it's also the the idea of starting again, it needs to it really needs to be killed. That whole perception needs to be killed because we're actually making it life harder for ourselves. Because starting can sometimes be the hardest point for people. To really get to that point, to be like, yep, I'm going to start, I'm going to do this. You know, you, you've, you, you've really come around mentally to the idea and then you're going to start again. Could I make the argument that starting actually is the hardest part because of the courage it takes yes. to accept that you're not happy with where you are and accept responsibility for where you are and then have the courage to often say, I want help. And it's so mentally draining that the idea and, and emotionally yes that the idea that you would willingly do that again and again and again no wonder people get dejected with the process and and say oh it's all just too hard of course it's too hard you're constantly doing the hardest part over and over and over again that is a fantastic point so that needs to be just deleted from our our idea in general. Delete. Just get rid of it. If you make a mistake, do not default to, it's okay, I'll just start again next week. That's kind of compounding the mistake. It's not okay to say that. You need to try to get that out of, if you catch yourself even thinking that, tell yourself you are about to start the hardest part again. Do you want to do that? I actually, when you think about it, well, this is like talking directly to my awesome wife here the idea of going back to start again i can't think of anything worse i can't think of anything more disheartening at all so basically what you're telling yourself over and over again is that you're 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 a big fat failure you failed again and you need to start again and that's what you're telling yourself over and over and over again. Mm. Like you're beating yourself up internally over and over and over again. It's I I do believe, actually I know this, it's easier to just keep going yes. than it is to start again. It is actually people fear taking ownership of the mistake, but believe me when I tell you, it is so much easier to do that than to start again. Well, when it comes down to it, You've got to go through it yourself to understand that. Yeah. Last one, and I'll, I'll do this one for us because there's some context needed here. I'm afraid of failure. Mm. Contextually here, 
this can be how it is said. Now, the thing is, I don't think the phrase, I'm afraid of failing or I'm afraid of failure is necessarily a red flag because you know what? I'm afraid of failing. I'm afraid of failing. I'm always, I'm afraid this podcast will fail. I'll never. I'm afraid. Be, I'm not afraid of failing. I'm afraid my life will fail. Everyone is afraid of failure. Where this language becomes dangerous is this. When it becomes translated to, I'm going to use my fear of failure as justification for not starting or not putting in the effort. Problem with this, you then don't do anything, which means you will fail. fail. Again, it's that it's that language that is going to reinforce the action. So if the language constantly is, you're right, Matt, I'm afraid of failing, I, I think I'm going to fail, this isn't going to work for me, then the action, whether you're conscious of it or not, is going to reflect that. So you're not going to give 100%. You're going to hold back. You're going to lie to yourself about certain things. You're going to lie to your coach or, or your educator about certain things. Educator. And that's the same. That That's all going to contribute in the end to you not getting the result because you're not being honest with yourself. You're not being honest with other people. You're not giving 110% because of you're those not giving, You're things. not giving what, sorry? Sorry, 100%. <laughs> Please stay on brand. Um, just and just and just out of interest, is that the one hundred percent beanie, oh, the one hundred percent coffee mug, or the one hundred percent t-shirt? You can get at the weightlosspodcast.com forward slash shop. Anyway, that is the. I think that one really is that like epitomizes the idea. The really when you're looking at how language affects action, this one, to me, in my mind, is the easiest one to visualise. You can just see it. So you can just see how if, you're, if you've got that sort of language, it's going to affect the mindset that you've got. And then once it affects the mindset that you have, it's then it's realistically, it's just going to affect well, everything that you do. I don't think it's reasonable to expect someone to not be afraid of failure. No. I just prefer to use that fear as fuel for action to not let it happen. I think yeah? as well a lot of the a lot of that one is going to be it's gonna be present all the time. I know it still is for me. Well it's it's normal. It's still gonna it still pops up. It's not gonna ever go. It's just when you're talking about the language that we're using. Yeah, I, I found just with me personally the fear of failure at everything I do hasn't gone away. I just deal with it differently. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Makes sense? It does. All right. So let's move on to like that pretty much I think covers, we think, there's two of us here. A lot of covers, well, the language. I, I, would say, I would say the main culprits yeah. that we have heard, that we've read, that we've used ourselves – uh, I think we move into some tips here we want to give before we wrap this up, Courtney. The first tip I want to give is you've got to be real mindful of the language you're using. Yeah. Whether it's to yourself or to others. Yeah. Because it can be dangerous and it can it can really sort of predict outcomes. Absolutely. And whether you, as we've just sort of pointed out, a lot of those things that we 
said, mm. they weren't to the ear straight away. You wouldn't pick up as saying, oh, that's negative. But as as we've just pointed out, they've all got double meanings. To, to the trained ear, yeah. they are. So it's really just to be careful that the language that you use isn't constantly negative and it's not constantly you're trying to to use a, a way around that. Mm. Um, yes, you're always going to have negative thoughts. Yes, some of these things, because they're unconscious, you're still going to say them. I still think them sometimes. Same. I probably still say them because, again, it's unconscious. You're not always aware of, of, of things that you're saying. Mm. But it's just to be mindful of it now that you're aware of it and you're aware a lot of these things have negative connotations and can affect actions negatively that's that's like most of the battle as it becomes awareness it becomes perspective and once you've got perspective you can help balance that negativity out with positivity whoa that's a lot of words i know uh you've courtney i'll let you take this one courtney you've got written down here on the tips you want to give like obviously if you say something enough it will often become your reality but this isn't going to become the book called The Secret. No, no. So it's not manifesting, you know, something and, and it will be. If, if you truly believe that, that's great. That's not something that I, that I really believe. I, I, do, I personally do believe in, obviously what we're talking about here, the language that you use with yourself and how you can use it to power what you do. And I do believe in in what positivity can do for your life. But in the context of looking your best, feeling your best, etc., if those positive thoughts aren't followed by action, they don't matter. That's the key. So I truly agree with you. I truly believe that the more positive outlook you can have on things, the better the result's going to be. But to me... Well, it's part one, isn't it? That is the, the action step. has to come into it. Oh, yeah, and I yeah. think that that's where a lot of people miss that, that step, that they practice gratitude or they... they Appreciation. They, yeah. they try to do all of these great things that work personally for them. Mm. They do journaling or they do something that is going to set them up for Vision a positive... Vision that And that's great. Whatever works for you, the same thing isn't going to work for everyone. But... It does still have to come with action. Yep. The action has to follow and there has to be such an emphasis put on the action because if there's no evidence that's put on the action, you can write in your journal as much as you want. You can look at your vision board as much as you want. <laughs> you can read your affirmations as much as you want. That's great, but there has to be something to follow it. Yeah. Otherwise, all it is is words. That's that's a wrap. I can't I can't <laughs> top that. Well done. And again, you find what works for you, but you really have to have a plan for action. And action doesn't just come out of nowhere. It does come with a plan. All right, that's it. Let's let's wrap this one up. That was very well said. Courtney, hopefully you got some value out of this. Uh, If not, well, we'll try next time. If you have anything that you want to add to this series of self-sabotage, anything that you want to ask us, anything that you want to cover off, make sure that you are on our in our Facebook group, 
Yes, which we, you can find at, shockingly enough, facebook.com. Facebook.com. So we... Come, yeah, coming out with Courtney and I in our Facebook group and other fans of the show, we spoke about support network yeah. during this episode. We've set one up. Definitely. Which is, which is our Facebook group. And we also have, as we strongly hinted at during this, uh, this gas bagging of ours, we now have official podcast swag. Yes. Go to theweightlosspodcast.com slash shop. Check out the hoodies. Check out the T-shirts. Check out the singlets. Check out the apron. <laughs> yes. Check out the socks with our faces on them. Yes. If you want to be able to walk around representing. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and let people know that that's what you're about. Get on board. Um, and that's it from us. I'm going to play the outro music. And we're going to see you, not see you, but you're going to you hear our voices next week. Head over to our website for full access to our show notes, resources based on today's topic, and links to our Facebook group so you can share your story with our hosts and many others out there who are looking to achieve and maintain their health and fitness goals. You can find all that and more exclusively at theweightlosspodcast.com. 